The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You chose to take a journey down a long and dangerous trail Chose to serve your country and we know you served us well But now you're back and it's our duty to keep you safe and warm Shake your hand and welcome you back home with open arms We're America, your family, the land of liberty We're thankful for your sacrifice, your fight to keep us free We are America and we truly do believe You're the backbone of our nation, thanks to you we're living free We're a quilt of many colors and we breathe red, white and blue We're America, your country and America wants you It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition. Your hosts are Gary Ray and Ted Griffin, Jr. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here are your hosts, Gary and Ted. Welcome to the American Heroes Network. Uh, we just, again, we have to say thanks to Mac Davis. That's a great song, and you can't wait to hear the end of it because that's, that's even a better part of the song. Be sure to just, just go to video, uh, those videos, and you can see, actually listen to the whole song. Well, I'm your host, Gary Ray, and filling in for Ted this morning, we have Mr. Stephen Lee. Good morning, Stephen. Well, good morning, Gary. How are you this morning? Good, good. I pretty much wait all week long for that uh, <laughs> song. <laughs> that's, that's a beauty. But uh, welcome to our listeners. Uh, this is the American Heroes Network. Uh, we thank you for taking the time and initiative to tune in and uh, listen as we bring on uh, our heroes, uh, the American heroes that are doing so much uh, uh, sacrificing so much uh, to ensure our our uh, freedom. I've uh, I've had an opportunity to spend uh, a week here uh, with you, Gary, and it's been uh, an outstanding week uh, here in Orlando uh, at the Orlando Studios, uh, where we've got you on live here today. Um, we went to an event uh, here recently um, with the Folds of Honor. And one of a very, very compelling uh, event that, uh, that we had. Um, this is the, if you're not, uh, listeners, if you're not familiar with the Folds of Honor, uh, they're an organization that are doing uh, a lot out there to help the veterans. Uh, as a matter of fact, they've got a program they've 
raised, I believe, Gary, what, over $20 million now for scholarships. Yes, they have. For uh, the children of uh, the men and women who have fallen uh, in war. So I think it's a really compelling, worthy cause. A uh, great bunch of people. We had about 2,000 people there and uh, told the stories. And it was just, it's been a great week here in Orlando. Uh, I've got to fly back to uh, Scottsdale, Arizona here this afternoon where uh, my wife told me, Gary, it was 36 degrees uh, <laughs> last night. Uh, 36 degrees now and in a couple of months about 121 degrees, so I don't look forward to that. But uh, I would like to, uh, to introduce uh, our distinguished guest here this morning uh, and also uh, an American hero, Mr. Kirk Bauer who is the Executive Director of Disabled Sports USA. Welcome, sir. Well, General Lee, thank you very much. It's, a, it's an honor to be on. <laughs> All right. right. Uh, well, we, uh, why don't you uh, first start off, uh, uh, tell us a little bit about it. I know that um, uh, when President Bush uh, was delivering, you know, the uh, declared war on Iraq. It was a pretty defining moment in your life. And uh, you, I guess at that time, felt that you try and pull all of the resources necessary to, to help the wounded soldiers to recover from the wartime injuries. And, uh, you know, uh, I guess uh, from what it sounds like, the next second uh, uh, you were miles uh, apart, lying in Vietnam dirt, uh, with severe injuries, wondering uh, if you're ever going to see your family again. Uh, Kurt, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? And uh, I guess uh, that was some rough times, and then you weren't even certain if you were uh, going to make it back home. Well, you know, uh, you mentioned the Bush declaring the war in, in Iraq, and uh, can you can you folks hear me okay? We yes, can. We can. Okay, good, good. Um, uh, you mentioned the Iraq, uh, the declaration of the Iraq War, and you know that that uh, did uh, prompt some memories. But it also uh, mobilized uh, our organization, Disabled Sports USA, to try to do something about what we knew would be uh, severe casualties coming back from the war, and uh, that really was the beginning of the newest program, which is now called Warfighter Sports, which is a, a sports rehab program in the hospitals to get these guys active again. Um, this organization was started by Vietnam veterans, disabled Vietnam veterans, and 10th Mountain World War II skiing division uh, veterans. And um, so we go back to 1967 in our service mm -hmm. to both veterans and civilians. And when I got hit in 69, the organization was just a very, very small group of uh, veterans out in California. They recruited me. They came and visited me in the hospital uh, in um, the Presidio at Letterman Army Hospital. And um, it, you know, it was, um, it, I didn't know it then, but it was going to be a, a real changing point in my life because I had been in the hospital. Uh, you know, when you when you lose a leg from a grenade, it it uh, it causes a lot of uh, damage, and so I'd been in there for uh, almost six months and um, been through seven operations uh, while they tried to put me back together again, and I wasn't feeling too good about the whole situation. And uh, what I didn't realize is I was laying there in bed, you know, in pain and feeling pretty beat up, and I was going out through a checklist of things that I thought I could no longer do. And uh, so it was a real downward spiraling kind of a negative thinking 
and I didn't even realize I was doing it. And uh, these vets came and said, hey, we just started a program. We want to get you involved. You're going to be some of the first recruits into the program. We're going to teach you how to ski. And I, of course, told them they were nuts. Uh, you know, <laughs> right. um, I've got one leg, and you're going to teach me how to ski. Well, I'll tell you, I went up uh, thinking I was going to stay for a day just to try it out. And my, uh, my nephew actually took me up. He finally said, look it, quit, quit complaining. Let's go up there and see what's going on. And um, it was an absolutely incredible experience. Uh, being able to go from a slow motion world where you were pushing around crutches or in a wheelchair or walking with your brand new artificial leg and um, all of a sudden I was on a ski and was able to ski down the mountain with speed and grace and it was just a huge turnaround for me you know personally and my my whole mindset turned around to starting to really think about what I could do instead of what I couldn't do. And um, that really was the impetus for me to get involved, to become an instructor and to try to, um, what I've seen so many veterans do, try to give back to have others, you know, experience that same uh, exhilaration and that same joy at realizing that they can be active again. Well, that's commendable. It's a uh, very, uh, very compelling story there. Yes, Kirk, uh, we ran across a couple of friends of yours. I mean, we had Orlando Gill on the air with us last week. And uh, actually at the PGA event, we ran across somebody that couldn't stop talking about you. Charles Eggleston? Ah, uh, King Charles. <laughs> no, it's, I'm sorry, King Charles. <laughs> he said he's going to be listening this morning. So. <laughs> you, better, you, bet, you better address him right. It's King Charles. Okay. All right. You know, he spent, I think, he, I don't know how many days he was there, but he was definitely at the uh, big, big shindig over at uh, the House of Blues on Friday night. Uh, which we had a really good time. This King Charles, that's. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. I'll tell you, I'll, I have a, a a lot of kudos for that for that young man. Um, he uh, was blown up really, really badly. Uh, he's got so much titanium titanium, titanium <laughs> in his body that uh, he's probably got more of that than he's got uh, regular bones. And they've rebuilt his skull. They've rebuilt his wow. uh, his 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 hips. The uh, so many parts of his arms, uh, and that man is an incredibly uh, talented golfer, and um, he he blows people away with his with his golf play, and he's really gotten into golf as as his big sport, and uh, he's gotten other wounded warriors involved in golf, and has really provided leadership uh, in in getting these guys active again. Kurt, I guess he's a five handicap. That is utterly amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I, I got a great story for you guys on this one. Uh, he, as good as he is in golf, that's how bad I am in golf, okay? <laughs> no matter how many times I play. And so he and I were playing together one time in a tournament, and um, we were practicing. We were just at the, t at the uh, driving range hitting a few balls. He was standing um, straight to my side, okay, looking at me uh, hit the ball, I hit the ball. Now he's at a ninety-degree angle, straight, you know, from the from the club. So the ball is supposed to go straight out. Well, I don't know how this happened, but the ball did not go straight out, and it ended up hitting him in the face. Oh, jeez! And, <laughs> and, and before we both knew it, he kind of shook his head and he said, 
what the heck did you do that for? And then he said, he said, Kirk, he said, you just hit me on my good side. At least next time, hit me on my titanium side. <laughs> That's right. It wouldn't have hurt. <laughs> That's unbelievable. So, uh, so great sense of humor, but he's, he's a great guy. Well, we're going to have him on the show here, uh, here in the next few weeks. So uh, looking forward to that. All right. It's getting very close to one of our short breaks again. Uh, you're listening to the American Heroes Network. And we'll be right back. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join your hosts Gary Ray and Ted Griffin Jr. as they show what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune into Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. All right. Welcome back. Uh, we're, here, we're here with Kirk Bauer, Executive Director for Disabled Sports USA. And um, I have a question as far as the disabled sports. Uh, originally, when they first started, they were for everyone as far as the disability. When did the military get more into this program? Well, actually, uh, Gary, the organization originally started in 67 to help the war injured from Vietnam. Uh, that war produced more surviving amputees than World War II and Korea combined. And so there were a lot of amputees that needed help. And so our first five years was spent really focused on the disabled uh, warriors coming, the wounded warriors coming back from the Vietnam conflict. Once the war wound down, Disabled Sports USA then started to branch out and help uh, youth with disabilities and uh, adults that had uh, been hit by cars or you know, dived off a cliff uh, in shallow water or developed a disease during their life. And uh, we started branching out into uh, the civilian sector. But we never forgot our, our roots uh, with Tent Mountain Division and disabled veterans in the founding uh, period of 1967 to 72. Um, so we, we now have chapters 
uh, all over the country, over 100 chapters throughout the country, and we offer programming in over 40 different sports for people with disabilities. Wow. Uh, but be because of our experience working with veterans, we, uh, of course, knew that we could be of assistance to these young men and women as they were coming back from Iraq and now Afghanistan. That's outstanding. Our hats are off to you. Kirk. All right. All right. Uh, Kirk, when, was, when did you actually receive the first grant for uh, Disabled Sports? The, uh, uh, whew, that's a good one. The, um, the organization for the first 15 years was a totally volunteer organization, so up until 1982. And we had a very low budget, uh, under $50,000 a year, mostly from individuals. Uh, in 1982, a doctor who um, uh, was a supporter of ours passed away and left $50,000 in his will. So he basically left as much as we made in an entire year. And uh, that's when I went to the organization with a business plan and said, I'd like to see if we can take this to the next level. And um, so they bought off on the business plan, and uh, I think I started out at the um, salary level of $12,000 a year after working for 12, 12 years as a volunteer. That seemed like a lot of money. And um, so we started from there, and um, we got our actually our first uh, Department of Education grant uh, in 1983, and that really took off, helped us take off to train instructors uh, through a special recreation program of the Department of Education that I had worked on uh, while working for a congressman um, while I worked in the U.S. Congress prior to the time that I worked for Disabled Sports. So uh, then we started getting uh, grants from uh, corporations. Uh, one of our first grants was from Riggs Bank here in Washington, D.C., and uh, we got other grants as well. And then um, we started to get the attention of companies like Coca-Cola and 7-Eleven, and uh, that really did help us uh, to take off uh, in addition to the private sector donations that we got. So now, you know, when people say, well, how do you raise money? I tell them, well, it's anything that's legal. That's right. So, you know, <laughs> so, so we have a lot of corporations. We have a lot of individuals. We have fa foundations like the WellPoint Foundation and um, other, other groups um, – uh, AIG is one of our sponsors, and uh, it's helped us to, um, to, to expand our services and provide more opportunities for people with disabilities. Uh, the beautiful thing about the uh, Warfighter Sports Program is we made a promise when we established the program in 2003 that no matter what we did with these warriors, everything would be paid for, their transportation, their housing, their food their adaptive equipment, their, you know, their special trained instructors who know how to teach a person with a disability. And um, uh, at first we were really hemorrhaging our, our, our resources because people didn't know about the program. But eventually corporations and indiv individuals found out about the program and uh, we were able to uh, secure the funding that enabled us to meet that promise now over 6,500 of the most severely wounded, including Triple and quadruple amputees wow. have been served in this program and all free of cost to them and a family member. Well, that's amazing, Kurt. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, um, what, is the com what was the compelling uh, part of your experiences that led to your intense passion uh, for helping uh, these wounded soldiers recover from 
their wartime injuries, uh, uh, of course, enhancing their quality of life through your sports-related programs. What, what would you say the turning point in your life uh, was uh, uh, for that passion? Well, it was my own experience. Uh, first of all, you know, in combat and, um, you know, literally getting blown up and then uh, going, you know, struggling through the, the whole rehab of, you know, being shipped out of, uh, out of the field to a mass unit where, uh, you know, they kept me alive and then put me in a hospital in Saigon where we got uh, mortared. And um, uh, uh, and then going to Japan and then the United States and the six months in the hospital, a lot of pain from the explosion, from the from the da nerve damage uh, to the amputation and um, uh, the operations. And, you know, at one point, I'll have to admit, you know, I uh, after I think it was the, it was the seventh operation. And it, it, every time you go through one of these things that you feel like you've been hit by a Mack truck, it's wow. a very uh debilitating and I woke up in the middle of the operation tried to get off the operating table they had to tie me down they had to you know stick more sodium pentothal in me and uh, to put me out and it was a very frightening experience and I ended up having these absolutely horrible dreams and ended up uh, they said suicidal you know I mean I they had me in a straitjacket uh, they they said I just had you know kind of gone nuts Jeez. and um, oh. and that, you know that was a real low point I think it was the only time but it was a time when I was on the fourth floor thinking about how can I get to that window so I can jump out, you know. Mm -hmm. And, um, and uh, so, you know, I'd been through a lot of low points, a uh, lot of support from my family and my friends and, and my faith. And, uh, but, you know, at that point in time, I needed something that enabled me to believe in myself again. And uh, it was the sports that did that. Um, going up and putting on a ski and having a volunteer push me up the mountain all day long and then turn me around you know, have me go down and fall. But by the end of the day, I was actually able to make a turn and not fall. And it was like, wow, this is something else. And then the next day, get on a chairlift and actually come down a ski slope, uh, skiing fast and free. It was just the biggest turnaround, biggest high in the world. And uh, sports and skiing became my passion. Uh, people said, boy, you're addicted to skiing. And I said, you know what? I am. And I'd rather be addicted to skiing than addicted to some painkillers or some drugs or getting drunk, you know? No. And so uh, it was something that really kept me focused on positive things like sports and family and, and, and sharing things with people instead of, uh, you know, destroying my life. And so that experience, uh, Gary, really uh, had a lifelong impact on me, and I knew that we could do the same thing for these young uh, soldiers and Marines and airmen and uh, Air Force guys that are coming back. And um, so we started the program, but I can tell you, it even uh, with my long experience in this field, I was absolutely taken aback at how, what the effect of seeing these young men and women uh, blossom in the ski program the effect it had on me psychologically it was just like a shot in the arm of adrenaline and that's what's kept me going is to, is to watch their reaction on uh on, on our programs and um, and to see uh you know them blossom and the, and their the light turn on in their eyes and being enthusiastic about getting back into life again and that's what's kept me going well that that gratification just has to be awesome I mean, truly, it does. 
Uh, you know, they say you can knock a good man down, but by golly, you, you certainly can't keep him there. And that, uh, that sounds like your, your story. And, uh, you know, we're, uh, we're so proud of you and, uh, and honored to have you on the show. Um, we have a break coming up here, Gary. No, not yet. <laughs> um, kind of to get off of uh, that for just a second, between uh, the years of, uh, well, between 1982 and 83, Kurt, you became aware of the poor shape of the prosthetics program, um, and you realized that it was necessary to revive that aging program. How did you go about helping make the changes uh, to that program to, to, to make it better? It was a combination of seeing our veterans at that point. The service they were getting in the prosthetics program of the Veterans Administration was really substandard. Uh, it, it was, um, it, they were not getting state-of-the-art. There was not a lot of research that was developing really active prosthetics that would meet the demands of these young uh, people you know, wanting to get involved in sports. And so I, again, worked in the Congress I was able to uh, convince my boss, who was a young uh, freshman uh, uh, congressman from Michigan, to, uh, to, who was on the Veterans Affairs Committee, to call for hearings. And uh, we brought in some experts in the field who knew how to make the, the best prosthetics. We brought in uh, uh, veterans and other civilians who were amputees to testify about their experience uh, working, uh, you know, in the prosthetics field and working with the Veterans Administration. And that really turned that committee around uh, to see that uh, things needed to be shaped up. And as a result of those hearings, uh, the, the VA did reorganize their prosthetics program. Uh, they hired uh, a, a Vietnam vet who was an arm amputee to come in and run it, and he knew what they needed because he was an active guy, uh, a fellow Vietnam vet, and he knew what it took to get this program back on track. Now I'm proud to say that the VA, the Veterans Administration, has state-of-the-art uh, prosthetics for these young warriors. They can climb mountains. They can run marathons. Uh, they can, you know, s learn how to scuba dive. All the latest uh, adaptive prosthetics, uh, and they authorize adaptive equipment to be purchased for the veteran, so that they, um, you know, so they, they they can get involved in sports. So the <clears throat> the VA is now considered a leader in in this whole area, and and has really turned around. Well, that's amazing. Congratulations. We had uh, one veteran that, that worked on GM assembly line uh, who his, his leg fits so badly. He wanted to work, but he had to be on his feet all day long. And he, his prosthetic fits so bad that he had to take pain pills just to, to deal with it. And he didn't want to do that. He wanted a good prosthetic that could enable him to stand all day long. And so uh, he was testifying about the need for the veterans to, to, to do it. And... Um, uh, and um, one of the questions that came from the Veterans Administration at the time, this was back again in 1982, was, well, you know, we, we find that 70% of the veterans are happy with their prosthetics. And uh, his response, it, it brought the whole house down, his response was, well, I work for GM, and if our cars were only 70%, you know, um, trouble-free, we wouldn't be a company anymore. 
You know, I mean, he, so why is so why is the VA a company? So right. he, he turned it right back around again about quality control and put it back on the VA, and I think that really was a turn, turning point of, for the whole program. All right. Well, it's time for another short break. I'm Gary Ray, along with Stephen Lee and our guest, Kirk Bauer, Executive Director for Disabled Sports USA. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join your hosts Gary Ray and Ted Griffin Jr. as they show what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Tune in for What About Wealth every week to learn the vital answers to your questions about creating wealth, investing it, donating it, and protecting it. Your hosts are Rich Bloomfield and Rick Durfee, who explain the principles that govern wealth in terms you can understand. Building and preserving positive wealth requires correct action, but few people know how wealth really works. Listen every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and find the answers you need about wealth streaming live the leader in internet talk radio voiceamerica.com you are tuned into american heroes network if you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. Uh, today we have Kirk Bauer, Executive Director for Disabled Sports USA. And Kirk, I, I guess you ran out to get a quote. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I just wanted to uh, read a, 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 a short note that one of our veterans uh, uh, wrote to us uh, after he had been through one of our sports program and uh, I think it really sums up uh, what we're trying to do and what we see having done with these uh, severely wounded um, I'm going to just use his first name just out of you know, sure. a little bit of privacy uh, hello my name is Greg uh, I'm a disabled veteran marine who attended Ski Spec 2012 that's, that's one of our big week long uh, ski and snowboard events, Nordic skiing events that we have every year for the veterans. Uh, I can only describe my experience as nothing less than life-changing. Not only had I never even so much as looked at a pair of skis before, before then and was skiing black diamonds by day four, uh, but also for the fact that my self-esteem and self-confidence rose from the depths of darkness to the brightest star in the sky. I can't thank you enough for this and can't begin to explain how it has positively affected my life in so many other ways as well as my family's 
and so many others. I have a burning desire and passion to ski now. Um, I would relish the opportunity to attend some of the camps or events that you emailed me a schedule of. Again, I thank you from the bottom of my heart, and I'm hopeful to be able to ski with your wonderful organization in the near future. God bless, Greg. All right. Wow. Boy, that's all worth it right there, isn't it, pal? It's, it sure is. It sure is. Wow. Well, well Kirk, back last year in June 2012, I followed a little story of yours. Uh, just to let everybody know that if I get on a seven-foot ladder, I get lightheaded. Uh, but you, five wounded warriors with a total of four good legs between them, actually tried to attempt to climb Mount McKinley. Can you t tell us a little bit about how that went? I, I can. I want to give you a little background, if I may. Uh, when we started the Warfighter Sports Rehab Program, our focus was primarily on teaching sports skills. So teach somebody how to bicycle with uh, something missing or how to ski or how to water ski or sail. Uh, but very quickly, these, these wounded warriors uh, started pushing. They said, okay, now that we know how, we want to see how far we can take it. And so we started entering them in extreme sports events, if you will, like the Bataan Memorial Death March, a 26-mile hike in the desert, which some double-leg amputees have finished wow. uh, with backpacks. And what it did was it provided them a motivation to really push themselves to the highest fitness levels and to the best performance they could possibly do. And about two years ago, one of the warriors uh, had tried to climb Kilimanjaro and failed because he was not with a group that knew how to deal with the disability. He was a uh -huh. double-legged amputee. So he asked if he could go back with us and try that mountain again. He was a double-legged amputee. Um, and so uh, I and two other guys went and actually climbed Kilimanjaro in 2010. And then we had one good leg between us. Thank God that was mine. Wow. But uh, anyway, <laughs> so um, so the, the, the next step, and, and this was really pushed by the veterans, was let's see if we can climb the tallest mountain in North America at 20,320 feet. And it has some of the worst weather in the world. It wasn't just the altitude, but it has uh, a solid sheet of uh, snow and ice all the way up the mountain, up to the top. And it produces a weather system that is like none other on Earth. Uh, you know, 60 and 70 mile an hour winds, sometimes 40 and 50 below zero, uh, crevasses, deep snow, ice, and steep mountains where you're literally almost standing straight up while you're, you know, trying to climb up the mountain. And... Um, so uh, we did try it, and um, we had two double-leg amputees and uh, one single above-knee amputee like myself, a, a young Marine, and then another guy um, that had um, been shot up really badly and had a lot of muscle damage. And what uh, our goal was is to really, you know, see if we could just take these, this group of um, guys up the mountain and make it to the top. Uh, we were spent 21 days on the mountain uh, moving up the mountain and trying to get to the, to the top, and we kept getting beat back by weather, so that uh, after eight days of trying to get above 15,500, we finally had to give up and come back. So we didn't make it to the top, but I'm very, very proud of the way that these uh, young men uh, performed and um, the attempt they made. They were carrying 50-pound sacks, back sacks, and pulling 50-pound sleds. So they had 100 pounds of gear on them, 
that had to be taken up the mountain, and it was uh, quite uh, quite an ordeal. I'll have to tell you that. It beat, beat the hell out of me, I can tell you that. Phenomenal. Now, Kirk, wasn't there a group in front of you also? I think they're Chinese or that went up that, didn't, that weren't uh, so fortunate. Well, one of the things you have to accept if you're going to climb uh, a mountain like uh, Mount McKinley, which is called Denali mm -hmm. in the uh, Native American language, uh, is that the, you know it's a very dangerous venture. Uh, there are crevasses, there are bottomless crevasses in this glacier that um, that you can fall into. Uh, there's ice that if you start sliding, you can end up going you know 60 miles an hour down 3,000 feet of vertical, and so you really have to be careful. Uh, but one of the unknowns or one of the uncertain er uh, things that happens up there is avalanches. Uh, when the snow builds up, suddenly it breaks loose and comes down the mountain. And you're, if you're climbing it the wrong time, the wrong place, uh, you get caught. And just before we reached 11,000 feet, uh, actually at 11,000 feet, uh, there was an avalanche involving five uh, Japanese climbers, and four of them were killed uh, by the avalanche. And we actually came up on the site while the rescue helicopter was flying in uh, with a search and, and rescue team try, g g trying to find them. And so they, they never did find them. Uh, but uh, that, you know, was a real tragedy for the hikers and their families. But it is a danger that always exists on the mountain. And you just have to try to be as careful as you can and accept the fact that, you know, uh, this isn't for the lighthearted. It sure does. You, uh, I guess, Kurt, um, uh, a few months ago, I guess it was, uh, Disabled Sports USA had an event at uh, one of my favorite places in the whole world, which is Breckenridge, Colorado. Uh, I guess you had uh, nearly a thousand uh, people with physical disabilities uh, up there hitting the slopes. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about that, Kurt? Well, the uh, the Ski Spectacular is, is the event, and it is our flagship event. It's the biggest event that we do uh, all year. Uh, we have participants that come from over 30 states and uh, this year five foreign countries to attend and learn everything to do with winter snow sports. There's learning how to Nordic ski, how to biathlon, which is a shooting Nordic ski combination event. Uh, snowboarding, uh, alpine skiing, and, and there's something for everyone, whether you're a civilian or a military or whatever your disability is, uh, you can learn how to uh, engage in snow sports. So it's, it's our big event, and one of the things that we do there all week long, and this young uh, Marine, Greg, uh, was at that event, uh, is to teach the warriors out of the hospitals out of Brook Army Medical Center, out of Walter Reed National Medical Center in Bethesda, out of San Diego Balboa Naval Medical Center, uh, how to ski and snowboard and Nordic ski. And um, it, because it's an entire week long, it really gives him a chance to progress. And as Greg said, after day four, he was skiing on Black Diamonds. And that's how fast they can, can get going. We had a young double, a double, we had a young quadruple amputee. All four limbs got blown off in Afghanistan by a 150-pound bomb. And um, this, ah. kid, this kid came out with his wife. Um, we have, again, it's all about, you know, the right training techniques, you know, giving them the opportunity and the right equipment. We had a special device that was de developed by a prosthetist at Walter Reed. 
And this young guy who had, was a double above knee amputee, as well as his arms being gone, was able to snowboard and monoski. And he got so excited about it that he would snowboard every morning, have lunch, and then get right back out there again and, and monoski you know, on a ski uh, it, the whole afternoon. We literally had to drag him off the mountains when they closed the, this, the lips. He was so excited. And what he loved was on Wednesday, started him on Monday, and on Wednesday, he was skiing with his wife. And he said it was the most wonderful experience. That, you know, they've been sitting in the hospital dealing with doctors and pain and medications and you know, tubes in them and, you know, pins in them. And all of a sudden he was able just to get to the top of the mountain and ski down with his wife. And he, you know, it was, um, you know, just like with this young guy, Greg, it was a life-changing experience for him. Well, it just goes to show you, you know, it's, uh, you put your mind to it. Uh, you know, and I, I tell my son, uh, Kirk, uh, I tell my son that, uh, you know, if you, if you, if you ever get feeling a little bit low, uh, take a look at at, at uh, uh, some of these uh, uh, veterans and 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 what they're doing, uh, doing things that we can't do. You, you, Kirk had, had mentioned something earlier about uh, the gentleman that was uh, on his feet all day that actually wanted to work. Uh, there are so many people out there that uh, you know that are uh, that can work that that are able. Uh, and, and we see these people trying to take the easy way out, and you know, I commend you for what you're doing, and, and uh, it's it's very honorable. It has to be just a, a terrific feeling, uh, just to watch these people progress, and uh, uh, you know, and do these things that heck, I, I couldn't do most of the things you're talking about here. Uh, black diamonds, uh, you know, I'd end up uh, being brought down by the rescue. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, it's, it, it is remarkable. And um, Well, you know, uh, Stephen, thank you. But, you know, that you really point to, you know, I think looking back, uh, we will define this generation as one of our greatest with, with the guys that are going through the military now. And um, there is, you know, I think it's important uh, that they have a sense of personal responsibility and they you know they 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 accept where they're at and then want to move through that challenge and move on and uh, because of that uh, they are uh, more successful than the general disabled population even though their injuries are so new uh, we did a, a poll we actually commissioned a poll uh, from Harris Interactive, which is a polling firm, to do an independent study on our program. Mm -hmm. And what they found is these young veterans had a, a 50% higher employment rate than the general disabled working population, working age population. Uh, and, um, and they attributed, in a 34-question questionnaire, they attributed to their success to getting back into work with this, you know, at least in large part with the sports program. Wow. And they were, they were twice as active as the general disabled population. They had tw uh, much higher life satisfaction and hope, if you will, mental attitudes about the future because of the sports. So we know that sports works, but we also know that the, the attitude that is developed by these young men and women uh, has taken them so far. All right. so, so much farther than you can imagine.
All right, it's actually time for another break here. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join your hosts, Gary Ray and Ted Griffin, Jr., as they show what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. Uh, we're here with our guest, Kirk Bauer, Executive Director for Disabled Sports USA. And uh, I have a quick question, and this would probably take the rest of the day. <laughs> the events that you have planned for 2013, I took a glance on your calendar. I think that, uh, what, 28 days of every month has an event happening? Just about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, those calendars are full. Unbelievable. Uh, you have yes. anything exciting coming up? Uh, well, I, of course, I think it's all exciting. Oh, yeah. uh, but it depends on what, 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 what sports you enjoy. But we do have a full uh, schedule of snow sports events, skiing uh -huh. and snowboarding in particular, all over the country. Because what we want to do is make sure that the uh, the Wounded Warriors, wherever they are, whether they're in Texas or California or, or, or Washington, D.C., that they have the opportunities to, uh, to get, take part in sports. So we have skiing and snowboarding events up in the Northeast and the Rocky Mountains up in the upper you know, Midwest as well as in California and, and Washington State and Oregon. And so th they, can, uh, they can participate in those programs all winter uh, long. And, of course, then we also have a golf program that teaches them how to play golf with their disability. Uh, we have a scuba diving program they can get involved with, uh, cycling, uh, you know, hiking, uh, you know, just a, a myriad of activities this summer. And uh, the whole idea is to provide as many opportunities for them to excel, to get fit, to enjoy their family, you know, activities together, and, um, you know, keep them moving forward in their rehabilitation. Uh, Kirk, why don't you uh, why don't you uh, let our listeners know your uh, your information, uh, your your yeah, website, yeah. where they can go uh, uh, to participate in these type of events? Uh, it's it's uh, dsusa.org, org. So www.dsusa.org, Dog Sam USA, or they can they can go www.warfightersports. 
dot org and get to the specific uh, uh, veterans and uh, service member uh, website to show the programs. Either way, they can see the programs and they can donate. We uh, do rely upon private sector, individual, and corporate donations, so we welcome those. And you can, you know, specifically designate the Warfighter Sports program for your donation, and it will go there uh, to benefit the uh, severely wounded. Well, certainly, Kirk, after what I've heard here today, uh, I would encourage uh, uh, any disabled uh, that has a you know, uh, a liking for sports to uh, to get involved. Uh, it, it sounds pretty incredible. And I think, you know, it all boils down to creating uh, independence and confidence and uh, fitness, uh, you know, through the participation in, in the community sports and recreation and, uh, you know, building an attitude, uh, uh, the camaraderie, uh, I think that's all very important. You talked about uh, uh, giving a donation. Um, you know, we encourage and, and we're all about, uh, uh, you know, about giving back. Uh, we feel that if everybody just gives a little bit, it makes a big difference. But um, I, I believe I read where you give 90 cents out of every dollar directly to the people uh, through the, that have the disabilities. Is that, is that correct, Kirk? Uh, yes, uh, uh, approximately, it varies year to year, but approximately 80, uh, 90 cents of every dollar goes directly to the programs, and uh, our administrative and fundraising overhead is about 10%. So we try as much as we can to make sure that, uh, the pro that the money that's donated is used for the benefit of the participants, in this case, the Wounded Warriors. And if you are a federal employee and you're out there, we are part of the combined federal campaign. 10151 uh, is, is our number, 10151. And uh, again, uh, you know, the combined federal campaign, which is the donor program for federal employees, doesn't let a charity uh, in unless they have under 25% overhead in administration. So uh, we, uh, uh, we, we, we definitely qualify for that. But uh, that's another rating, if you will, to show that uh, our, our programs are cost-effective and efficient. And I, and I think that uh, nonprofits need to look at that, that constantly. They need to run like a business and um, have as low overhead as possible so they can provide whatever the services they're providing in a cost-effective way. Well, absolutely. And, I, and I'd like to uh, you know, let our listeners know that uh, uh, that is very, very generous. We work with uh, a lot of these organizations. Of course, uh, uh, the American Heroes Network is... Uh, uh, cohesive uh, effort uh, uh, to work with these organizations. Uh, we're all, uh, we all have uh, the same objective, the same goals, and that's to uh, is to help uh, the quality of life uh, for these uh, men and women who have sacrificed, as I said before, so much for our freedom. And uh, uh, that's uh, that's very generous. Uh, but uh, that's that's all about who we are. We're working. Uh, with a lot of different projects, um, uh, with medical, uh, we're, we're providing a, um, uh, a program. I think, Gary, uh, uh, we heard that there were 60,000 uh, homeless veterans out there. I mean, that, that's an amazing number when, you know, we can just, everybody help a little bit and we can make a big difference with those numbers. 
so you know we're, that's what we're doing and that's what we're all about is getting everybody together uh, you know in a joint cohesive effort uh, to, to uh, you know to give back uh, to give back because uh, as Major Ed Polito says who uh, uh, we had him on our show a couple of weeks ago and he, he's just an incredible gentleman uh, he said uh, freedom isn't free and people need to understand that. And I, I think that, uh, Kirk, I think that there's a lot of uh, civilians out there that really uh, take it for granted, that don't understand. And I, I think that's what we're, you know, we're all about. And what we're trying to do is to create awareness uh, uh, through these programs, through medical and through housing, uh, through sports, uh, uh, entertainment. Uh, and so that's what the American... Heroes Network uh, stands for, and that's what we're all about. And we're really glad to have you on the show here today, Kirk. Uh, uh, terrific interview. My hat goes off to you. I commend you for what you've done and, and the sacrifices that you've uh, made for uh, uh, this glorious country. So, well, I want to commend American Heroes Network for for providing the forum to educate the American public about uh, the programs for the veterans because it's extremely important that they understand what's going on, the challenges they face, and you're helping us do that. So thank you very much. Well, you're thank very you. welcome. And we'll have, uh, we've got some newsletters that will be going out. Uh, we encourage people to uh, go to the AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Uh, we've also got some new travel packages out, discounts for, for veterans. Uh, so, you know, we encourage you to get involved in any way that you can. Uh, give back. Don't take it for granted. Understand the sacrifices that are being made uh, for us to live uh, the life that we have. That's right. That's right. And again, Kirk, uh, is it pretty, this right on a website as far as uh, people coming in and want to volunteer for certain areas, is that right? Uh, yes, our chapters, we have over 100 chapters operating in 38 states, and they're always in need of, of you know, good, aggressive, energetic volunteers. Uh, that's one of the reasons we can be so effective with our programs, because we rely heavily on volunteers. Wow. Now, that, again, they can just locate all that information right on your website. What's the website again? It's www.ds. USA.org, O-R-G. All right. And then once again, I want to just iterate as far as uh, Stephen was talking about, uh, you know, having you on the show. It is great having you on. We, I mean, we even everybody that we've had on the show so far knows you, and they, they talk very highly of you, especially the king. So <laughs> I got to get him out on the golf course. We're going to tease him to death. <laughs> yes, you are. You better. <laughs> yeah. Well, we only have a couple more minutes. In fact, we only have 30 seconds. <laughs> well, uh, was when you're having fun. Yes, we are. You know, our show's coming to a close. We definitely want to thank you, uh, Mr. Bauer. Executive Director for Disabled Sports USA for taking this time out of your busy schedule to share your true story. Okay. Thank you very much, Gary. All right. Thank you. One of our heroes, listeners. One of our amazing heroes. That's right. <laughs> I'm Gary Ray, along with Stephen Lee, along with our guest, Kirk Bauer, signing off, and thanks for listening. Just be sure to tune in next Tuesday for another American Hero Story. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. 
Please join Gary Ray and Ted Griffin Jr. again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.